0: Welcome to Annasbrook Church. We hope this message from our Saxon location pastor, Jared Lieberzai, empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annasbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Um, I wanted to say a huge welcome to everyone. Welcome to church. It's great to be together. And uh, welcome to week three of Tales of Revival. Can you say Tales of Revival? Ready? Tales of... We have been sharing some stories of uh, uh, moments of revival from the days gone by with the hope that we can inspire faith and encourage every person on their own journey or their own tale of revival. And so we're going to try and uh, do that a little bit today. And it's actually my privilege to be able to share on the topic. For anyone who doesn't know me, my name's Jared, by the way. Great to meet you. Great to have you with us. Hope you're enjoying church today. I sure am. Um, so I, I want to talk about something. I want to talk about what happens before revival today, if that's okay. I want to talk about a setup for revival. I want to answer the question, how do we. Get to the place of revival, personally. What does that actually mean? What does that look like? we get got to ask the question, does revival appear magically one day? Do you all of a sudden wake up and you're standing in the middle of a marquee, in the middle of a field that have thousands of people attending it and there seems to be some kind of crazy healing revival going on? No, I'm sure that there are steps to take before you get to that point. And in fact, I think that this whole thing of revival is just a journey that each and every one of us are on. Individually and together. And I want to share some thoughts based around this idea in James 1 verse 2. Where it says, James speaking, consider it pure joy. Consider it pure joy. Has anyone here ever experienced pure joy? Pure joy. It's like a kid at (laughs) Kmart. Pure joy. You know, just... As long as the parents are allowing the child, of course, to purchase some toys, that's, that's pure joy. Or a dad with a new lawnmower. Pure, pure joy. Or a mum too, maybe. Depends, I don't know. All right. <clears throat> Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith, it produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything, not lacking anything. I want to suggest today that before revival comes, there is always a season, and we don't like the season, but it's a season of persecution, a season of trial, or a season of crisis. All tales of revival start with some sort of persecution. They all start with some sort of trial. I think when God does a revival work in our lives, he has to first take us through something so that we can experience revival. In fact, without the persecution, there's nothing to be revived from. Without first having the crisis, there's nothing to actually need revival for. And so I want to share about that. I want to actually let you know about, i introduce you, excuse me, to someone. This is Kari Francis Judd. I think we have an image of her. This is her. Um, This is not a recent photo. Uh, This is quite an old photo of her. She was born in New York on April 8th. I don't know if you can tell. It's it's not just the screen. Um, It's the photo. 1858 was the year that she was born. Let me tell you her story. Kari grew up in the church. She was a Christian. She believed in Jesus and she wanted to live out God's plan for her life. She had dreams of one day becoming a teacher and a writer. Her first Major life changing event occurred when she was 17 years old. She claims that God asked her for her complete surrender to Him. Even the good things were asked that she, uh, he, were, he asked that she would surrender them. She responded by saying, I will, but I'm going to hold my talent for writing tight in my clasped hands. And if you must have it, God, you'll have to tear it away from me. It says this that not long, uh, not long after. This uh, One day she was walking to school when she slipped and fell hard on icy ground. Her injuries from the fall weren't too bad initially, but they turned into a major disease called hyperesthesia, which then developed into tuberculosis of the spine and of the blood. This accident shattered her dreams and subjected her to a severe chronic pain. She was bedridden for almost two years. She couldn't handle touch, sound, or light. Even the small pillow under her head felt like a block of stone. In the midst of her struggle, Kari believed that she had heard from God with a little prophetic hint of things to come. That even even though she was in a bad place, that she still had an active mission to complete with her life. One day, the story goes that one day her father was reading the newspaper and came across a testimony of someone who had been healed. The Judd family, her family, quickly sent a letter to the woman in the article and requested that they pray for her. An African-American healing evangelist named Sarah Mix responded with this catalytic letter. Miss Kari Judd, I write to you regarding your case, your disease, and your faith. I can encourage you by the word of God that according to your faith, so be it unto you. The prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. Whether the person is present or absent, if it is a prayer of faith, it is all the same. This promise is for you as if you were the only living person as if you were the only living person. There's 33,000 promises in the Word of God, and each and every one of them is for us all individually, as if we were the only living people on earth. They are all for you and me. When you receive this letter, I want you to pray for faith, and on Wednesday afternoon, we'll be holding a prayer meeting at our house. We will make you the subject of our prayer between the hours of three and four. We want you to pray for yourself and pray believing and then act on it. It makes no difference how you feel. Get out of your bed and begin to walk by faith. Strength will come and disease will depart your body. You will be made whole because we read it in the gospel your faith has made you whole. Kari followed the instructions in the letter and she prayed the prayer of faith. She got up from her bed and instantly she was healed. She was fully recovered within six months and returned to teaching and writing. Not long after this, the story of her healing was printed in the newspaper and news of her healing spread as far as England. In a time that people believed that they were to continue to suffer for Jesus, Kari's healing helped introduce to the evangelical Christian uh, uh, that there is a God who longs to heal and loves to heal. The next few years saw a foundation of ministry start to form. The first was a book that she wrote when she was 22, titled A Prayer of Faith, A Testimony of Her Healing. The book spread uh, well beyond the United States and was translated into many other languages. Thousands of people in Kari's time and in present day were healed while reading her testimony. By 1893, the book had been circulated 40,000 times. She went on to create healing and prayer rooms. Thursday night prayer meetings became a normal thing. Tuesday night Bible study, she would lead them in her home. She would preach at conferences, camp meetings, at Conventions and nights of revival, becoming one of the first women to preach itinerantly across America, Carrie became a forerunner for the healing home movement and inspired many people to join the mission. These foundations of writing, preaching, healing ministries were all laid before she celebrated her 25th birthday. Then she went on to live an entire life of ministry. Saw many people come to know Jesus, saw many people healed, did a great work for the kingdom of God. It's quite an amazing story. And I want to share this story because just like her, we are all called to play a part in revival. We are all called to play a part in this, in this revival. We're bringing back to life something that which was once dead. That's revival. An awakening a nation turning to God, that's revival. An abundance of life and a, and a life in Christ, that's, that's revival. That's what Jesus came for so that we would know life and life at its fullest. It's a group of people on fire for his name and his work. Revival, listen, is not meant to be something that we just experience on a Sunday for an hour and 15 or an hour 20 or whatever. It is to be lived out in our every single day. It's to be in our every waking moment. Revival is to be carried by us and like. Like, like, like many people, sometimes when we talk about revival, it's like it's a really great idea and it's out there somewhere, but man, it really doesn't feel like it's very close right now. It feels like it's something that's actually quite far away because I've got to be honest with you, Jared, what I'm facing right now doesn't feel too good and it doesn't really feel like revival. Things are going on and it's a bit of a struggle and I don't really know what to do or how to get through this and you find yourself like Kari Judd who longed to serve God and to write and to teach but ends up with this persecution, let's call it that, of a crippling sickness who knows what's going to happen. How is this going to end? How will this all play out? What is going to happen? And we find ourselves asking the question, God, what is the purpose of all of this? What is the reason that we are having to go through this or face this? And, and this morning, I want to share this to encourage the person that might be facing a crisis in their life. Man, I have had so many conversations over the past that's just six months. Let's make it that window where it's, it's very easy to see that there are so many big things going on in people's worlds. And today there might be something going on in your life and you're like, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know why, but I just feel like there's persecution. There's a trial. There's a crisis right now. You might be up against a big struggle in life. That struggle is not a sign that you're going the wrong way. It might be confirmation that you're in fact going the right way, that you are where God wants you to be. And let me encourage you with this. You may be closer to... To revival in your life than you actually know. Here's a lesson that we can learn from Kari's story crisis is never a sign that you need to give up. Crisis is never a sign that you need to, to give up. Every person that's actually seen revival in their life had to face a persecution. Every revivalist that we read about, there's, in all their stories, it starts off with this thing that they had to get through or, or break through or, or face. And anyone that didn't actually see revival or didn't quite make it, I mean, they just didn't stick it out long enough. They weren't able to, to, uh, to keep pushing through. They weren't able to, to follow through. Let, let me tell you, um, let me just give you another example, okay, of this. Let me, let me tell you another tale of revival, if I can. I know it's greedy, two in one morning, but. This one's from the Bible, so it's okay. This is um, about Paul and Silas. This is Acts 16, verse 22. It'll be on the screen. Um, I'll duck down so you can read it. Nah, no, just jokes. This is what it says Acts 16, verse 22. It says that the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, Don't hear that saying very much. Severely flogged, they were thrown into prison. It says this, that they had a jailer um, commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell of the jail and he fastened their feet in the stocks. At about midnight, everyone say about midnight. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them also. Suddenly, there was a violent earthquake so violent that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Everyone's chains came loose. It says this that the jailer woke up and when he saw that the prison doors were open, he was like, oh no. He's like, oh, I've done it again. I've been sleeping on the job. Oh, it's happened again. They're gonna get away. He decides that he's gonna draw a sword that was about to kill himself because he thought that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouts and says, don't harm yourself. We're all still here. We're all still here. The jailer then calls for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He, he then brought them out of the jail, got them out of jail and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied and said believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved you and your household believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved you and your household you and your household Paul and Silas these guys if you don't know them they had some great things going on in life They were doing some great things for God. They were a part of this very early move of God that took place right after Jesus had ascended into heaven. They were spirit-filled and spirit-led. They were doing a great missionary work. They were sent to the Gentiles to reveal Jesus. People, everywhere they went, people were becoming Christians and starting a relationship with God. Up until this one moment where for a couple of days, as Paul and Silas are ministering in this one area, there's this girl there, this slave girl, and the slave girl, she's like heckling them. You know, he, Paul's like trying to preach, and she's like laughing, laughing at all the wrong times, not at the jokes. At the, at the, at the serious times. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's important to know. As, as he's doing his thing, there's this girl there, and she is just like this major distraction. Is she actually has within her a demonic spirit, and this demonic spirit has given her the ability to actually tell the future. She's kind of operating as a bit of a fortune teller. And so he, after about four days, gets sick of it, rebukes the demonic spirit, and declares it to leave in the name of Jesus. And that's exactly what happens. She gets free. The owners of the slave girl, though, they were actually using her to create a bit of a profit, And so they get a little bit angry. They're a bit frustrated. They're a bit annoyed. They complain about Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas are then taken because the people of the time, they don't agree with what they're doing. They are beaten and then they are thrown into jail. They're thrown into jail. It says that the crowds join in and that they were severely flogged for Jesus. Severely flogged and then put in jail. Attacked and then thrown behind bars and put in chains. They were beaten and then placed in a, in a place of restriction. And I wanna to share today that the enemy would do anything that he can to stop you from doing what it is that you feel God has called you to do. He will, do any, he will attack you in any way So that you could, the result would be, the outcome would be that you feel bound up and restricted and held back from what you feel God is actually calling you to do in life. Here's what you have to know. The purpose of the enemy's attack is never to, to kill you. His plan is that the attack would leave you bound up, restricted and removed from what God has planned for you. It's almost like being in jail. God placed this on my heart just last night as I was reading through this message that even though the pain of the attack has left and say the bruises from the beating can heal, that some of us, we carry on living life like we're in a jail cell that keeps us from doing and living out God's plan for our life. It's a jail cell of shame. It's like a jail cell of regret, of offense, of disappointment, a lack of faith. The list goes on and on. And I believe that today, I wanna declare that today is a day of breakthrough for someone in this place. That jail cells can't hold us any longer. That in fact, the cell that you may be in, it actually isn't yours to own anymore. You can just get up and I think today, walk out of it a free person. There's freedom in the name of Jesus. There's freedom in His presence. And I gotta tell you, His presence is in this place for someone today. Does anyone believe that this morning? So, I want to I want to just um, give you some thoughts on the, from these two stories. Okay, try from two, from these two stories on uh, on on getting breakthrough, on getting from persecution to revival, from getting from one place to another, from getting freedom for getting freedom in your life. Here's the first thing: change change your tune is <laughs> the first thing. Change your tune. Read the story of Paul and Silas. They're in jail. And they're in the inner cell, and they're in stocks, and it's not good. And the inner cell is a bad place to be because the inner cell, it's got no windows. It's a very dark place to be. It's, it's a very uh, isolated place to be. There's not much going on in the inner cell of this jail. It's, it's even more difficult to escape because of its many doors that block the way in and out, but never for Paul and Cyrus uh, Silas. sorry says this in verse 25, that about midnight, Paul and Silas, they start to praise God. And as they praise Him, as they begin to just lift up the name of Jesus, as they start to sing hymn number 213. <laughs> you pick me up, turn me around, place my feet on solid ground. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior. I like this part. He's healed my heart. Change my name, forever free. I'm not the same. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior. I thank God. They start to praise. Suddenly, there's such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison begin to shake. The doors fling open, and all the chains come off. Every single person that's in that in that jail. Why did they choose, in that moment, in absolute darkness, to praise? Why is that their option? Why, why would they do that? That just seems kind of crazy. I think it's because they see the situation a little bit differently to what it actually is. They see it differently to how it is in face value. They didn't just see it for what it was, but they saw it for what they knew that God could actually do. They saw it for what they knew that their God could actually do in their life. This is John 16, verse 33. Jesus speaking, he says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace, that in the world you may have tribulation. It's going to happen, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. We need to change our tune when it comes to the situations that we face because it's time that we realize that God is bigger than our current situations, that He has it sorted always, that He always has a way, that He always provides. That's what He does. For He has already overcome the world. So some of us need to change the attitude that we have when we come into our day. When we look at our life, we need to change the way we sound the way we speak, the way that we talk about ourselves. Change the way that you, you, you I, I don't know, just change the song that you're singing. There's a song we're all singing. Everyone's singing a different tune, but some of us need to make the decision today to change it. You're going around complaining all the time and you need to start praising Him. So many people go around saying, I'm so busy. I'm so tired and I'm so busy. You need to change it to I'm so purposed. <laughs> I, got, I got things to do. I need good sleeps because I got lots to do. (laughs) I'm tired, but I got God calling me to do great things. I'm not busy. I mean, I've just got great purpose and, and there's work to be done. Things aren't going very well for me. Maybe we should focus on what is going well. There's always work-ons in life, but man, there's so many wins as well, isn't there? Aren't there just so many amazing things happening? Life is just hard, and I don't know if I'm gonna get through it, but even though life can be hard, isn't it an amazing thing to praise God about, the fact that you're still here, you're still breathing, you're still walking, that you're still alive, and that if you're alive, God can still do something with your life. How is it possible? How is it possible to change our tune? I think we come back to James 1 for a second. And, and James, he instructs us to consider it pure joy when we face trials of many kind. Notice that James doesn't say, hey, you know what, Christians, you should pretend to be happy. He doesn't say, hey, you should, you should feel a certain way. He doesn't say, hey, you need to just, just be happy. Oh, it doesn't matter. Just be happy. No, he says, call it joy. Call it something to be joyous about, joyful about. Consider it different to what it actually is. He is actually instructing us to label the situation as something that is worth rejoicing over, as something that is actually worth praising God for, because I know that even though I'm facing something now, it's doing a work in me, my character is being built, there's there's a sense of hope being built up in my life. All of a sudden, my faith is being tested, but as a person, I'm being built into who God wants me to be, and so it kind of sucks right now, but I'm going to praise God anyway, because as I get through it. And when I break through it, I'm going to be better than I was before. I'm going to be different than who I was before. I'm going to be a new person. I'm a new creation because I'm in Jesus Christ. Paul and Silas, they're in jail, but they're thinking about what's next. They're like, this is tough, but we know that God is capable of many things. I've been in situations like this before, but He always gets me out of it. I've broken out of chains like this before. I might be in jail, but I'm still going to praise Him because the Son came to set me free. And because He came to set me free, I'm free indeed. So it doesn't matter what's going on on the outside or what's going on around me. On the inside, I'm still a free person because Jesus is in me. And he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. I have freedom on the inside. Oh man, I might look chained up and I might look a little bit weird and I might do some weird things, but on the inside, I'm just a free person. And it's amazing. (laughs) We need to change our tune. We need to change our tune. The second thing is this. First thing, change your tune. Second thing, make something of it. Make something of it. Says this in the story, the jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword, was about to kill himself because he thought that the prisons had escaped. But Paul shouts, he says, don't harm yourself. He says, we're all still here. We're all still here. We have to make something of this persecution. We have a chance, we have an opportunity. We have a moment right now where we can make the most of the thing that we're going through ask the question, why were they still there? Why didn't they just leave? If, if you're like me, you, you'd be the same. If I was in jail and all of a sudden, the chains that were tying me up broke off me and the doors open, I'd be like, see ya. <laughs> I'd be, you, don't lie, you do the same, you know. We'd be running, we'd be out of there. We'd be, we would be, we'd be gone. But not Paul. Paul's like that kid at school and it's like one minute to three or, or whatever time the class finishes. And he, he puts his hand up because he wants to just ask the teacher just one final question. So, like, hey, miss, sorry, we haven't talked about this topic. Can you just explain this? Or, or he's like, hey, oh, just before we go, um, miss, I just want to remind you that we actually had homework due. <laughs> and the whole class is like, Paul, Paul, every time. Why do you have to do this to us, Man. Oh, Paul. And so Silas is probably like, hey, Paul, let's go. He's like, hey, everyone wants to go. We could just just run. And Paul's like, nah, man. He's like, nah, I think we should stay. Paul's like, I don't think we should go. And obviously this is not in the scripture, in the text, but I'm 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 creatively whatever. (laughs) He's like, I don't think we should go. I think we need to stay here. He's like, I think we need to be here. Paul's like, I think that if we go now, it's too soon. Paul's like, I just think that maybe this is what we actually came here for. So this is kind of crazy, but there's a purpose in this. See, the reason that Paul and Silas and this whole crew are actually in the area that they're in is they actually, they went there to plant a church, plant churches. They went there to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. They went there to reveal to the Gentiles this whole idea of Jesus and the Son of God and the true king of kings. And, and here he knows that he just has another opportunity to do what he's called to do. Here he knows that he has a moment where he, if he leaves too soon, he might miss the opportunity. But right now in the middle of his persecution, in the middle, he's still standing in the jail cell, but he knows that there's a jailer in the room. He knows that there is someone who's there who needs to know about the love of Jesus Christ. And so he leads this jailer to the Lord. He asks, How can I be saved? And, and Paul just says, Well, you just, just believe. Just believe. Just believe. Because when it comes to the persecution, listen to this God doesn't want us to just make it. He wants us to make something of it. He wants us to make something of it. He wants us to do something with it. He wants us to make the most of it. And we read this amazing story about this girl, Kari Judd. She was always going to write, she was gifted. She was talented in it. She had trained in it. She had learnt how to, how to do it. It was her dream. And when she fully surrendered to God and lent on His promise, that's when God could actually do something in her life. See, she was always gonna write something, but if she didn't go through what she went through, if she wasn't like, like taken down by this sickness, she wouldn't have had a healing to write about. Think about it. She wouldn't have had a testimony like that to share. She wouldn't have had a story to tell. It just so happens that yes, she was purposed to write, but her purpose was to write a document that would go all over the world, a story of healing and a a declaration of the power of God. All of a sudden, her personal breakthrough becomes a corporate breakthrough. Her story and her testimony is something that is actually now helping lives, changing lives, and setting people up for breakthrough in their life. I want to ask you this question as we finish. What amazing purpose has God attached to the persecution that you're facing? You probably can't answer that, only God really can. But just think about this what can God do with your story? What could God do with the testimony of the faithfulness? What could God do right now in the midst of it as you're in that jail cell? We can't leave too soon. Paul's like, we can't go just yet. There is someone in this room. There's someone here who needs to know about Jesus as what we are here for. Someone needs to hear that story. Someone needs to know what God has done in your life. We have to use that story. We have to use that testimony. Who could God touch? Who could God heal? Who could He save? The answer really is is anyone. We're all called to be a part of this revival. That's what it looks like. It's the restoring of the heart and soul of man, of woman, of, of everyone, anyone. Everyone is included in this. And so tonight, today, like Kari, you have a dream. Maybe you have had a dream. Maybe you've had a vision. But somewhere along the way, there's been disappointment. Come on. Somewhere along the way, there's been something that's just happened, and you didn't expect it to go that way. You need to know this, that God can still use that. God can still use that. He is still using that. Maybe you feel like you've missed your shot and you've passed a certain age and, and you kind of, you feel like your time is done. God wants to still do a work in and through your life. You don't have to be a teenager. You don't have to be that young person. It's, it's, it's God wanting to use us every step of the way in every stage and every season. Maybe you've been offended by someone. God still works. You might have to forgive someone first, but God still wants to work through your story and through your life. Maybe you feel like your part, the part you play is insignificant. God wants you to know that what's small, God makes big. He multiplies the things that are in our life. He takes what we have in our hand and He makes it greater and bigger and He does great works with it. Maybe there's a sickness in your life. God can work with that. God will work with that. There is a testimony to come. And right now, maybe you feel like you're in the middle of that jail cell, but I gotta tell you, you are just just a step away from your breakthrough this morning. You're just a step away from that revival this morning. How do we get from persecution to revival? We keep going. We don't give up. We keep pressing in. We keep turning up to church. We keep opening in the Word of God every day. We still put our faith in Him. It feels tough, but I'm still holding true to my faith because I know that, God, you're going to come through for me one day. It's going to work out. We make something of it. Understand there's a purpose in it. It's a beautiful purpose. It's an amazing purpose. You can't plan that purpose. It's only God who can outwork that in your life and fill each day with praise. Fill each day with praise. Praise is the key to our breakthrough. And as we finish this morning, We're gonna take a bit more time to praise God. We're gonna take a bit more time just to tell Him how grateful we are. Just as we are in the middle of this jail cell situation, whatever it might be for you, I, I don't know for everyone what the story is or what it is that you're facing, but you know, maybe it's been going on for a while. Maybe it's been going on for six months or a year and you're just like, you know what? I'm so sick of this. It's time to step out. Keep having faith come on, trust that God has a purpose in it, but just praise Him the whole way through the journey. Just worship Him the whole way through the journey. Because when we praise, it's about taking our attention off the situation and putting our attention on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. It is Him that helps. It is Jesus that saves. It's Jesus that sets free. And so today, we're going to take a moment and we're going to praise him and believe for a breakthrough in this place. Anyone want a breakthrough here today? Come on, anyone, anyone expecting for God to bring a shift and a change in their life? Come on, just, just for a moment. With, um, maybe with just every eye closed, just right where you are. I want to pray and then the team's going to lead us. We're going to sing. Maybe we sing uh, um, the chorus, in Revival. And, uh, and we'll, just, we'll just take some time just to worship Him and believe that as we worship, as we praise, that revival's gonna come in this place again. Revival's gonna come in our lives. There's breakthrough in our life. There's breakthrough here for us today. I wanna pray just quickly for anyone who is in, in that boat right now. You're just struggling with, uh, uh, I mean, what is the purpose of this, God? What is this for? It's the question that you find yourself asking. Right now, I wanna pray prayed that the persecution would have an obvious purpose, that you would be assured that God is in the middle with you that God is working in your life, that God is beside you. He never leaves you nor forsake you. He walks through every valley with you, every mountaintop moment, everything that you face, God is right there. God is beside you. Keep trusting, keep holding on. Don't let go. For the person that feels like they're about to give up, this is for you. For the person who feels like it's time and that you're done, this is for you. Right now, I wanna lift up every situation, everything that you're facing and believe for God to show up in that situation with you, all right? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for every single thing that's going on in any life, Lord, anything that, God, we're facing, Lord, any moment, any struggle, anything that we feel is holding us back, right now we lift it up to you. Thank you so much that, God, you know where we're at. Lord, you know what it is that we're facing. I just speak freedom right now over someone's life in this place. You've been holding on to that that issue for too long. Come on, it's time for you to get out of that jail cell. I wanted to speak out over someone's life that the chains have actually been broken already, that the door to the jail is already open. All you have to do now is just step through it. All you have to do now is just get running. It's time to start running in the name of Jesus. It's time to start taking a step in the name of Jesus. I prophesy life over someone in this place. You've considered a dream to be dead, but right now, by the power of God, it is being resurrected. It's being brought back to life. I pray for a reigniting of the fire in someone's heart. You felt like you just lost your passion for Jesus, that right now you're coming back to being on fire for Him. Set ablaze, the Scripture tells us. We are to be set ablaze for His work and for His name. Right now, I pray for the person oh, who, is, who is facing sickness. Holy Spirit, would you, would you just meet them right now where they are? God, bring your healing. By your stripes, Jesus, we are healed. It's by your stripes that we have freedom. And so God, we just pray for that freedom. Come now in the name of Jesus. Move in this place, we pray. Move in this place, we pray. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's take a moment. Let's worship. Why don't we stand to our feet today? We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, Please get in touch with us. Email us at at infoannersbrook.co.nz or visit our website.